Go to Eric. Oh. Well, hello there. You can't Hi. more than tell everybody that you're hitting the button. That's you what, you said you were gonna push the button, and I'm like, I don't see the live. Yeah. And then I was like, Is he faking it, me out? And then I went to say, Are you gonna push the button? And you know you're what? like, Good evening, everybody. We're doing you know the six months. There's a couple of seconds. You know what? Yeah. The it, it takes some guys forever to find the button. Right? Some guys never hey. find it. Some guys never find it. Never. You, you of all people should know how difficult the spot is to hit. We hit it perfect a couple weeks ago. Not right. Like there was a countdown timer. Three, two, one, curse. Yeah. It's like we planned it. I still yeah. see you doing it on purpose. Anyways, uh, welcome. It's Friday night. It's 9 o'clock. That means it must be time uh, for what's on Joe Mind. Welcome to the first week post-Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't feel like we have quite as much competition for your eyeballs. I'm your host, Mike Irizarry. Uh, with me, of course, the queen of G.I. Joe cosplay, Joe Colton. Hi, everybody. Down in the bottom row, directing Focus. Joe Colton, how's your week? Uh, it was good. <clears throat> Today was very busy, though. Hence why I didn't have time to like get dolled up for this. So It's all right. My my week went to the point where this this is actually a mixed beverage. So oh, so we're, that's that's my week. So I'm just finishing mine. What mixes with doc, diet Dr Pepper cream soda? Vodka, gin. Yeah, really. Rum. Really? Isn't that yeah. a lot? Isn't that a lot going on? No, it depends it, on the roughness of the week. I that's true. <laughs> depends on how how quality your booze is. But in this case, it's a vodka cranberry, just in a cheap cup. It's always good to mix cranberry with something. Joining me in the top row, the hot show, Mark Weber. It's me. What's up? Here we go. You want to talk about a mixed drink? Look at this. Right. Cherry Pepsi. Cherry Pepsi. Oh, man. That's, oh, that's how I roll. Big right time. There, right there on the edge. Yeah, that's me. Pepsi and red sauce. Yeah, together. Look out. <laughs> I'm getting, as they say, wacky on the sauce. The second half of the show should be outstanding. Ought to be a little <laughs> wild. Yeah. That's uh, what uh, Dana Carvey doing Carson, you know. Wild, oh. wacky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you are correct, sir. <sighs> See, Joe Colton, you're going to have to go back, get on YouTube, get a, get fired up some, some late 80s Saturday Night Live. You'll know exactly what we're talking about. Or just go to the go OG and do tonight show, uh, Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Ooh. and roll. <laughs> Always good. There you go. That's a, that is never a bad choice. Or tonight show, coked up Robin Williams. Always good. That's terrifying. That's it's, pretty much pretty legit. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. What right. any, any Robin Williams pre nineteen eighty nine? Yeah. Yeah, he pretty much fully fully admitted that that he was, yeah. you know, just he, soaring for about fifteen years. Yeah. Wow. All right. Some good stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna say hello to everybody in the peanut gallery. That's exactly so, right. Hello, peanut they, gallery. I hope they got good seats. They always have over, good seats. Over there. Peanut, yeah, in the peanut gallery. Yeah. Say. No. <laughs> that way. That way. Yeah. That way. Ready one. <laughs> Two, three, 
That way. <laughs> no! Ah, oh, bye. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> next, next point item. Uh, I can't. I, it's like backing the car up. You just have to remember to go the opposite way. Right? Yeah. Turn into the skid. <laughs> So anyways, uh, it is the first show of our second decade. Yes. And a happy, yeah, a happy Arbor Day to everybody. Arbor Day, always a big holiday in the What's on Joe Mine Halls. Because usually it's the same show as our anniversary show. But this week, Arbor Day's April 30th, last day of the month. We got a, we got a kind of a freebie splitting this one up here. Mm -hmm. When they move Arbor Day around. You got to buy your cards early. What? Arbor Day cards. Did you get all those out this year? Oh, all yeah. Right. Yeah, I sent them to all the important people. All right. So they, uh, I'm just guess going to guess mine is late. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's. I don't think I put the extra four on the numbers on the zip code. Like, that's that's just straight fascism, man. Like, I'll put five and it'll get there when it gets there. Anything that has to go through <laughs> is just going to take extra time. Is what yeah, I mean. You know, it's a pandemic, man. Uh, tough, tough work, tough go. Did Beachhead get there? No, don't didn't didn't have any new ones this week. No, no, no. I'm talking didn't. I'm talking like a couple months ago. He did, yes. Okay, good. I mean, you're going so, back on that. So, one. so let's not bitch about the Arbor Day card. Square. Man, somebody's somebody got a little defensive, Joe Colton. A little, little, little punchy today. Man, I, he ain't even the one drinking. Oh, man, I'm starting to feel this cherry Pepsi. Let's do it. He's specifically the one not drinking. <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting all fighty. So, anyways, uh, we got a busy show. Lots happened this past week. Lots of news. Lots of post-sock. We're going to get right into it. As soon as I can figure out how to pull up my rundown. Which would, would help. You know, a little show prep there. Down. I've, only, I've only hit these buttons how many times? You might be pushing on the pull door. <laughs> so anyways, first news item. Do, 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 do. We're going to do a quick roundup of the Hasbro first quarter investor report. Lots of little news tidbits there on the company itself. Not so much on G.I. Joe individually. Uh, first bit of that that we caught from the meeting was that net revenue for the company rose to $1.11 billion. That is somehow short of their $1.17 billion forecast. Uh, they claim that while demand for toys and games remains high during the pandemic, costs for shipping and raw material has grown exponentially. Unfortunately, this will lead to price increases across the board, with many of those we will see take effect in the second half of 2021. So bad, bad news there, as we can expect to pay a little bit more for all of our favorite stuff. Um, also in that meeting, uh, non-fungible tokens, NFT, <laughs> Sorry. were seen as a, quote, substantial opportunity, end quote, for profit. Um, good luck with that, folks. Uh, sure. And... Uh, Lastly, Hasbro sold Entertainment One Music, which was the recorded music arm from their Entertainment One purchase a few years ago, to the Blackstone Group Incorporated for $385 million. 
So it's nice when you can offload something that you're not using for almost 400 million bucks. Seems legit. They traded Entertainment One Music for um, uh, what's his name? The outfielder for the Phillies. Mickey Moniak. That's Lenny the one. Dijkstra. That's the one. That's, that's the one. We'll just, we'll just say $385 million for a Mookie Betts. Right? That's fine. So they, they, they were traded Entertainment One Music for a Mookie Betts. Makes sense. They'd probably get more out of Mookie Betts. It's a hell of a ballpark. True. I bet Mookie can sing. So anyways, any any thoughts for you guys about any of the, the, the essentials, the business stuff? Good, good for them. I hope they invest more in Joe. Right. I mean, I giggle at, at non-fungible tokens, but it's, yep. it's, it's, I mean, I hate to say it because it's ironic, but it's real, right? It's a yeah. big deal and it's growing and any business who has the opportunity to be part of it should absolutely be doing their due diligence and getting in. Now, me personally, I don't have any cryptocurrency uh, and I'm going to sound every bit of my 47 years, but I'm kind of good with real money and bank accounts and you, you got to pay for your nfts with bitcoin like yeah pretty much right yeah, so i'm uh i'm steering way clear of that and I, I don't know if that's because i'm an old man or not but yeah joe colton you got any non-fungible tokens you're gonna sell sounds, no. sounds like a plan sell is fine sell as many as you want if you can sell nfts of your better cosplay uh, outfits mm -hmm. and award-winning uh, handmade stuff that you put all the work into you, absolutely go for it. Don't I did sell one, one of my outfits that mom and I handmade together, and the girl was, like, crying over it. I was like, okay. Uh, I, I felt bad because it was, like, mom and I made it, and so she – but it was going to a good home. And so, like, I didn't – I – didn't want i felt guilty selling it mom was like was, oh my god what is wrong with you i'll make you another was it, one was it one that's just out of the rotation or that you weren't yeah yeah i wore it i wore it once to dragon con and um that's, that's not a non-fungible token that's a very fungible token wow well, just once that's extremely on. fungible so here's what we to get the nft thing going that's what we do is we get you know photos of you done up totally in your hella costume which is my yeah. favorite or any of the other fantastic ones you have, and then you sell the image as intellectual property to sell. I have done that. We are we're calling two percent of the gross a piece on consulting fees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mark. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use Mark for his marketing knowledge soon. Yeah, Don't somebody, you worry. For for God's sake, somebody should. So, right. I got a degree. Come on. Selling NFTs. Yeah. God bless you. <laughs> Buying NFTs? Mm. Hi. Mm. Yeah. So that's the uh, that's the it ins and outs of Hasbro business today. Mm -hmm. Q80 synthesizer rock track. Wow, wow. Next news item. Do, 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 do. I've lost my rundown. Again? Who's not on the ball? Who? Man, we, Who's not so on the ball? Man, we just talked about this. I know. I'm just like I keep hitting the wrong button. Anyways, a uh, new product is found in the Target stock system. Mm. This was found by the podcast Anything Joe's, which, by the way, 
that's right on par with us as far as working GI Joe into into a a, a, a kooky podcast title. Mm-hmm. That is right up there with us. Maybe a little better than us, frankly, but ours is so dumb it's endearing. Yeah, we got tenure. <laughs> we got tenure. Literally. Uh, but the podcast Anything Joe's showed images on their Facebook page. So if you want to see them, go to the Anything Joe's Facebook page when we're done. Right. Uh, with codename G.I. Joe classified figures appearing in the Target stock searches. Uh, with five movie figures on the horizon this summer, those are likely going to be some of those new figures. Uh, but it appears even more new classified product is on the way. That's not terribly surprising because classified's been pretty successful so far. Uh, what what you can find has certainly sold. Uh, so, yeah, I can under, certainly understand more figures on the way. There's there's no hints as far as what they might be because it's all Ooh. it's all fake code names. But Barbecue? Maybe. I'm going to go Tiger Force Tollbooth. That's a good idea. A lot of that going around, though. Barbecue is the only one that we've had seriously rumored. And Alley Viper is the only one that we've seen on artwork that has had no tangible breadcrumbs to yeah. yet. So I got a bad feeling they're going to package him up with Major Blood. The Viper? That's an exclusive. Yeah, the Alley Viper. I got a bad feeling about that. Oh, so many Major Bloods going around. Yeah, total, total conjecture there. Put the big right. X on that one. That's just, that's just me having a bad feeling about something. No truth to it whatsoever. But if it happens, Mark will buy a, a a major blood off somebody. Off somebody gonna need some help out here, folks. I'll be your plus one. <laughs> I'll be your Huckleberry. Right. <laughs> Chat moved on me. I'll drive. Anything I'll drive to the target. And you can go in. Anything Joe's? Hey. Look at that. As I said on your Facebook page earlier, good catch on that one, fellas. Good job. And we gave you total credit because we're good like that. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't we? How you doing? Well, sometimes we're lazy. <laughs> Never intentional. Uh, I'd say we're not we're we're not lazy about giving credit out. We're lazy about oh. stuff like that ourselves. That's yeah, true. Totally lazy. Speck right. of the devil. Joe Joe Colton doesn't uh, doesn't break news. She is news. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, Joe Colton. Get in the game here. Get in the game. Ooh, now you're, now you're on the edge. I, those perennials. Look out. I was like, Garanimals? What? Jesus. Did your rocking chair come in this week? <laughs> <laughs> Join us on the oh, dark side. Oh, <laughs> that's painful. <laughs> I expected oh. more from you, Mark Weber. No, you didn't expect it from me. That's what made it funny. No, no, no. I expected more of you. <laughs> oh, uh, Mark, Mark is uh, still, like, you've been around, you've been with us officially over a year now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a, in a guest, some kind of capacity for about two years. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow still, she hasn't figured out that you're not always the squeaky clean good guy. No, that's what that's when it's funny is when I come with the with the sucker punch, right? Let's go wrestling, right? Randy Orton turns on somebody, and you're like, "What else is new?" Right? Yes. Yeah. John Cena turns on somebody, and you're like, "Where'd that come from?" Also, finally, my God. Yeah, so, yeah, true. 
I, I jump back and forth. I'm like the big show. I, right? I'm a good guy. I'm a bad guy. I'm a good guy. I'm a bad guy. You're all about the gray area. All sir. about the Staying on the razor's edge. Just we never. <laughs> so anyways, uh, good catch to anything goes. Uh, again, five of those are going to be the movie figures, I'm sure. Ed. But that means there's still at least three more past that. I didn't really count it up. Too. I was doing other show prep, so I didn't really sit and count count. But there are at least eight, so we know that there is. We know that we we know they haven't shown us eight movie figures, so there's at least right. eight in there that we haven't seen. And of so, the five movie figures, Snake Eyes, Baroness, Scarlet, Storm Shadow, and some girl who's gonna die. And, and, oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler. And uh, there, there's that spoiler video going around. I, I we haven't watched any of that. Nope, None of not us touching that. Not going near it. But come on now, Kiko's got death written all over. Come on, you don't know that. Oh come on, stinks of death, stinks of death. Who's gonna splinter Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow once Hollywood got their a hold of the origin story? It's gotta be a girl. Right. Something else works. Right. I'm, they'll just put her in the fridge. Right. <laughs> Wow, the look on Joe Colton's face. You know what? But if they, if they, real, real quick, Matt Rubin asked. There's a spoiler video. Yes, there is. We're not linking to it. Yeah, it's out there. If you're into that sort of thing, we're not. We don't care. We're not going to be the ones that pass that along and and yeah. and bait you with the the forbidden fruit. So Joe, I'll give. Go ahead with your thought, Mark. I'll give them this, Joe. If they treat Baroness as a significant threat. And Scarlet as a very competent operative, then they can kill off a Kiko, you know, in any crying kitten way, and I'd be okay. Hot gardening action. Now we're talking. That's right. You need to get on that one, Joe Colton. That's what we want to see on your Instagram next week. At Gardens. Hot gardening action. So, anyways, next news item. Hasbro released some details on a young adult novel series based on G.I. Joe Classified. Currently titled as G.I. Joe Classified Book One. Keep the receipt on that. Um, the series will focus on, quote, a group of ordinary kids finding themselves facing extraordinary circumstances. And with the help of mentors like Duke, Scarlet, and Roadblock, they'll find what it means to be a team, rise to the occasion, and save the day when nobody else can. A heart-pounding thrill ride from start to finish that will enthrall G.I. Joe fans and action-adventure readers alike, end quote. Uh, the first book, written by John Scavron with illustrations by Phil Noto, is expected to be released in August and will retail for approximately $14. And thanks to His Tank for breaking this story. So yeah, young adult novel series, that's great. Young adult novels are big business. Um... Uh, they gather a lot of interest when they're done well. It looks like they've got some pretty good talent on this. So hopefully let's, let's you know, get this uh, maybe stoking the fires for a new generation of Joe fans. I would rather see that this was a young adult series that had the adventures of Duke, Scarlet, Roadblock, and other Joes as opposed to kids using those characters as mentors. But whatever, we're not Hasbro. We don't get to dictate that sort of thing. Uh, your thoughts, Mark Weber? I mean, it's headed in the right direction, right? <laughs> now we're getting some young adults. Okay, cool. And that's the hardest group to get involved in a toy line. So 
you know, the least likely to actually buy a toy, or if they do, to talk about it or post about it or, you know, take it to school. So, yeah, sure, fine. You know, it's it's for that age group, it's, it is books, it is, uh, you know, online webisode kind of stuff, it is uh, video games and apps especially. So, absolutely swim in that pool. So, you swim in in every pool. Um, and it's trending younger, and that's what the brand needs. So go for it. Absolutely. Doesn't have to be your cup of tea to be good for the brand. So I hope it's great. I never knew how high I could soar until Duke taught me to always aim for center mass. That is the truth. Joe Colton, any thoughts? I think it's a good thing. Like Mark said, it's the hardest demographic because they're out of toys and they're into video games or doing whatever they else they're doing. And then they may or may not get back into toys. So. Right. They're all TikToking. They're, they're all, all TikToking. All dancing kids. around. I got away with it too. If it weren't for these darn kids. And they're get TikTok. off my lawn. See? Get off my perennials. I just planted those. Next news item. Do, 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 do. Diana Davis made a bonsai bench today. Yes. Next news item. Do, 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 do. Uh, Paramount announces a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray release of both G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra and G.I. Joe Retaliation. I'll take one of those two. <laughs> be nice. They'll be available July 20th, just days before the theater premiere of Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins. Nice. This marks the first Ultra HD Blu-ray release for both movies. Uh, Rise of Cobra will include commentary by director Steven Summers and producer Rob Duxay. And Retaliation will include commentary from director John M. Chu, our, our buddy, friend of the program. Mm -hmm. And der producer Lorenzo de Bonaventura. Mm -hmm. Plus deleted scenes. So D Deleted for a reason. Well, oh. we talked, when we talked with John Chu all those years ago, he talked about some of those deleted scenes. So it'll be interesting to go back and see how they actually do plug into the story. Obviously, you, you know, you can only get so much from a 45 minute conversation, but um, it, it'll be neat to see if any of those that he talked about then made the, made the cut for the, the HD Blu-ray. Wasn't there a decent amount of Flint like backstory that got cut? I think I read yeah. that at some point. I yeah. Think, was, I think you're right. Like the shirtless apple bobbing scene. Yeah. There I was, know that's not code for anything. No, there was there was that scene in the bar that was in the the preview and some of the commercials that didn't make it. Yeah, uh, there was a bit more with the old guys who were helping them out at the end of the movie. There was a bit more with them. Uh, Remember that. There was some stuff on the mountain that got left out. Which how do you leave out Ninja Fight on a mountain? So I, again, I'll, I'm going to be interested to see those deleted scenes. I, I think that could that could be kind of kind of neat and bring that conversation we had with them uh, six seven years ago full circle. I think that's cool. I mean, it's cool. It's good timing. Um, I don't think there's enough deleted scenes in the world to polish the turd that was Rise of Cobra, but okay. There's no no deleted scenes listed for Rise of Cobra. Oh, so that was all of it. They should have deleted some scenes. Uh, yeah, there probably needed to be a few more deleted scenes, but eh, you know, I I can't hate that movie. I don't have I don't necessarily like it, but I can't hate it either. I think it's its heart was in the right place. It just just didn't deliver. How are you gonna? How are you gonna have a G, the first GI Joe live action movie and never 
show Cobra Commander in the mask or the hood and give like a eighth of a second short glimpse of Destro's head turning silver. He was Rex, man. I mean... Look, like, I'm not going to say it didn't have problems. No, and they got and they got the Baroness pretty much dead on. Yeah, right. Except, showed, except pronouncing her name. Well, yeah, but it showed they could do it. They just chose not to on the other ones. I, I mean, if if you're gonna, if it's fine, if it, your first movie and your villains are going to be primarily Baroness Zartan and Storm Shadow, like that's that's fine. That's not a problem. You, you, plenty of movie to be made there but yeah they 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 miss some things i don't i don't want to get into talking about rise of cobra again it's been 10 years now no people are dropping off they don't want to hear about it right <laughs> come back next news item do, 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 do. uh did we talk about diana For davis's bonsai bench yes okay we got that one okay so uh action force the battle years kickstarter is live mm -hmm. Uh, from Patty Lennon and Brian Hickey, who met thanks to What's on Joe Mind. Uh, and books, Total Retaliation and Total Hacks. This book will collect photos and information about the 1980s Action Force, which was produced by Palatoy in the UK. Uh, we got the link to the Kickstarter down below. Uh, so you can follow it right there. Again, once we're done here tonight, it's kind of a pricey one, but it's going to be worth it. Uh, from the Kickstarter page, uh, quote, at 176 pages, this book will look at the inception of the Action Force brand. It will showcase the design creativity at Palatoy with the evolution of Action Force Series 1 through Series 2. It will examine how IPC secured a licensing deal, giving the comic battle a lifeline. Uh, how the writers and artists, led by comic legend Jerry Finley Day, breathed life into Palatoy's intellectual property and expanded the Action Force universe. The book will discuss the mythos created in support of the toys. It will profile each character from Action Force Series 2. It will be packed full of diorama photos showcasing Action Force like you've never seen them before. End quote. And believe that, Brian Hickey is one of the most talented toy photographers you will, you will find. Uh, I encourage everybody to go look him up on Instagram just to see the stuff he's doing. Uh, a lot of Star Wars stuff, a lot of G.I. Joe, a lot of old action force. Uh, just, just great work. He's he's He is a genius in his milieu. Um, Look at that edumacated word. And 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 just a, a swell guy to boot. Patty Lennon, also a wonderful gentleman, had the opportunity to, to hang out with them both uh, several years ago and, and uh, look forward to getting to do so at some point in the future. Uh, but they are both in Dublin, so that makes it difficult. So, uh, anyways, be sure to go down once we're done here tonight. Check out the Action Force The Battle Years, the Kickstarter link down below in our description. You will not be sorry. Let's get that one done. They're already, it's only only launched today. They're already about 20% there. So, Yay! off to a good start. Isn't there a big old picture of Flash on the front? There is, is that, a big old is, picture of Flash and a big old picture of. Gung Ho's English friend Gaucho. That's cool. Now, now I, I know my action force a little bit, but not as well as I should. Flash was still just Flash over there, right? Flash was Flash, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not the Flash. No, he was one of the guys who showed up uh, when when they first started integrating Hasbro's characters into the okay. action force line. There was mostly guys from 83 and 84, but Flash got in the mix, too, because he looked interesting enough. Yeah, so we get Anthony Gambello. Correct. And not Wally West. 
Correct. Or Barry Allen. Sure. Okay. Cool. Maybe he's Jay Garrett. I don't know. Could be. Is this the one with the wings on his head? That guy was dumb. I love that guy. Oh, that guy was dumb. Don't you be talking smack about Jay Garrick. That guy was dumb, man. Oh. Still, you know, I'd run too if I stole Thor's hat. You're gone, man. You're out. You're out. He's out. He's out. I knew you were going to kick him out. You booted the honcho. I can deal with it. <laughs> the only reason he came back is because he put those glasses on. That's what I'm talking. No, the glasses forced me back in. That's the power of the glasses. True. Just saying. So, yeah, you can, uh, click the link on the Kickstarter. After you're done clicking the like button and the subscribe button and leaving a comment for us and all those other good things. It's order of operations. Mathematics, really. The link doesn't work unless you do all those other things first. Do that first. Priorities, people. Next news item. This is the big news item. Big news item. Big. Hasbro designer John Warden is once again leading the G.I. Joe team at Hasbro. Uh, Warden himself announced the news two days ago on Twitter with the following tweet. And let me go ahead and get that pulled up for us. Is that tweet loading music? Yes. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> There's Flash. Yeah, yeah. I got some pictures up for... For uh, that, for that one, let me go ahead and get this started. We'll show those pictures real quick. There's the Flash. There's the ATC, which is the superior version of the APC. There's Coral on the the Ram cycle. There's a uh, I forget the guy who looked like Stalker. Anyways, and there's a bunch, a, of, a bunch of Robo Skulls. Yeah. Well, no, those are Red Shadows. Oh no, the Robo Skulls are up top. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, up top. And uh, and then we got the a look at the Leviathan Diver guy there. Just some examples of the layout of the book. Back this book if you if you can. You got you got some dough. Back this book. Uh, but here's the tweet. Uh, John Warden excited to announce that GI Joe will be added to our team's portfolio of brands, along with Power Rangers and Ghostbusters. The talented Lenny Panzika, uh, I'm assuming, will be joining our team. Awesome things on the horizon, Yo Joe. So straight from the horse's mouth, if you will. And we will toss some analysis on this one to our lead Hasbro correspondent, Joe Colton. That's a curveball. <laughs> oh, no, she's out. Oh, Come man. Up. She'll come back with glasses, though. <laughs> Mark Weber, you're our lead Hasbro correspondent. Yeah, Go ahead, shed some light on this for us. I mean, I know that the community really, you know, did the whole virtual high five thing because John Warden is a bit of a legend in the, in the, the design uh, as designers go uh, for the modern uh, GI Joe line, and you know, he, he was the guy really behind Pursuit of Cobra, and everybody loved those figures, the the low light with the missing bullet and the, the shadow tracker, and and just some really outstanding characters, and some new characters and. Just really well done products, and John himself would say uh, that was the the genesis and the and the, the happy accident of there being almost no oversight on the Joe brand at that time. So he had unbelievable freedom uh, 
to uh, to make some of the best figures, at least modern figures for sure, of all time. So, and uh, for a little inside baseball, it's really hard to climb up the ladder in design at Hasbro. It just it it bottlenecks quick, and the funnel is is wide and gets skinny real fast. Yeah, I imagine and, once they see you as a designer, you're just a designer. Yeah, and it's really, really hard to climb up. And not many guys, at least in my experience when I was there and, and from what I know afterwards, guys just don't leave very often. So the designers tend to stay put. And so uh, John Ward getting a, getting a promotion to, I think, is a design director now. is a really big deal at Hasbro. It's, it does not happen often. And John's been there, God, 25 years, maybe? Long time. Uh, so good long tenure. I worked with John on uh, Transformers, uh, and he and I made a really good team and, and did mainly the Combiner War stuff was uh, the generation stuff we worked on together, which was really my high point as uh, uh, in the toy industry, like just stuff that really resonated and, and fans liked and even new collectors liked and synced a bunch of different price points together. So John's good people, uh, and this is a long time coming. So good for him. And good for us as show fans to have a guy in charge of design who gets it, who knows the brand, in addition to Lenny staying on as the lead designer uh, for Joe. Because I think I think almost everyone is pleased with the classified line and and the stuff that, that Lenny has been turning out and continues to turn out. So and that's, all, that's all good. Certainly the arc of things, too, because you know, that first wave, there was some some designs we were a little sketchy about. And then the, that second wave, you know, gung-ho was a little iffy, but Cobra Commander was better and the Red Ninja was pretty cool. And then since then, we've we've really taken off. Yeah, and I don't know for sure that Lenny designed all of the first wave because it takes so long for the stuff to work on to actually hit retail. So I don't know that for sure. I can, I can, I can find out. Um, but the stuff we're seeing now, like the new Major Blood is fantastic. And that's all Lenny. So uh, kudos to him. Uh, another guy, a, a good friend, uh, and a great designer, and a hard worker, and the kind of guy you want on the brand. So to have uh, to have Lenny and Joe, uh, or John, sorry, running the design on Joe, that's really good for us as a fan base. So fantastic. And and the other stuff is, I guess there was a, a pretty sig significant reorganization, at least in portions. Uh, at Hasbro, and so the Joe team actually is moving. It's out from underneath Transformers and moving over to what they call their Action Brands umbrella. So uh, it's with, uh, like John said, it's with their Ghostbusters stuff. It's with their Power Rangers stuff. And I assume that's where other stuff will voice, mainly boys, historically boys-focused brands will go as they get activated. That's a lot of the stuff. Um, that I was working on, the Micronauts stuff and the, and the properties that never really got activated, but there were rumblings, the mask, the visionaries, the ROM, uh, that kind of stuff. I think will all fall under that umbrella. So, And the people who run it uh, are very sharp. Uh, uh, Michelle Favaloro is the vice, pres vice president of the Action Brands, and I only met her once or twice, um, but she was very well thought of and thought of to be very open-minded, uh, smart and collector friendly, so that's great uh, for for that landing. Uh, under her in marketing is a gal I work with on Transformers, who was also very sharp. That's good for the brand. 
And as I understand it, uh, Hallie, who's the marketer on the brand, is staying with the brand. And everything I've heard about her, never met her, uh, is that she's smart, eager, and hardworking. So can't ask for much more. Uh, the one person who was affiliated with the brand, uh, who was on maternity leave, Roni Neumann, has actually left the company. So she's, you can find it on LinkedIn. She's got a new job with Amazon, I think. So um, really nothing has changed because she was already away from the brand and just never came back. And Hallie was, was filling her marketing shoot. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a good team. The addition of John is good. The people in charge are, are sharp and well-respected. So it's certainly, you know, if you like where classified is, you shouldn't see any drop off. And if you think there are things that, could could be done better you might you know maybe it'll maybe it'll uh, roll in a way you like better uh under new management so uh regardless i think it's it's good news for the even just the additional award is fantastic for joe fans so you know good news yeah, for joe. i i think it's great just to have even just and i don't mean to say this as a criticism obviously i was never there working with these people. Um, and I, I certainly don't know her personally, but it didn't, it didn't seem like the previous brand manager was terribly engaged with the brand. Uh, so taking a guy who we know knows the brand uh, and has a history with the brand and is suddenly in charge of it again, I think that's just, that is a huge step forward and, and it's a nice show of support uh, from the corporate side of things that this is, this is a place where we want to put good people and legitimate resources and something that we want to push in the future. So, yeah. And I think, and, and, and no offense to, cause I actually know the guys on the, on the transformers brand uh, really well, but Joe was, was never going to be more important than transformers. Right. So getting it moved over to an umbrella, a portfolio of brands that includes ghostbusters and power rangers. Now power rangers will always be important to have because they pay a lot to get it and so they're going to push it and and it's an, it's one of the best evergreen toy brands that just rolls and sometimes it spikes but it's always there like ninja turtles um but i don't think ghostbusters is a juggernaut you know i think done done well it'll have its moments and it'll be entertainment related yeah, but i think joe right. has a has a much better chance to be in the spotlight being away from the transformers team when, when their movie comes out this year, we'll certainly see more Ghostbuster product, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and and God, for, for reboots and remakes and stuff, that new Ghostbusters, it's a shame. I mean, the pandemic did a lot of damage in a lot of different ways. But that had a lot of momentum when they dropped the trailer because it just seemed to hit just right. Right. So especially, and maybe that's because of the somewhat disappointing reboot that they had tried a couple of years prior, but this one just seemed to hit all the keys and, and didn't reveal much, right? No. All they showed you was the ghost trap and the Ecto one. And that, and that was enough. Yeah. You so, knew it was related to the first two movies. You just, you really, you still don't really know how. Right. Yeah. And so whatever they have and whatever's tied together, um, it'll be good. And obviously they're not showing us in a trailer, not person anyway. So real quick to address, uh, Matt Rubin is certainly not the only one asking, did Joe Colton go bye-bye? She's having some video trouble, so we'll we'll get her back. I think she's got a reboot, um, and uh, we'll get that figured out as, as we go on. 
and we miss her, but I'm going to call this an opportunity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dagon likes to, wants to add, always great inside baseball for Mr. Weber. Speaking of baseball, Mark. Weber, yeah. Oh, it's all Yankee talk now, right? That's right. Welcome to Pinstripe Podcast. Take that, Detroit. Detroit. Don't say Detroit. They hate that. Detroit. Detroit. You know, I hear there's parts of Detroit that are still on fire from when the Pistons won the title <laughs> in 1989. Be. I had this chat with a, with a guy online the other night. Could you imagine what the bad boys Pistons would do to today's NBA teams? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, they not much because they'd all get they'd all get fined and suspended. So. Yeah, but it'd be a flawless victory in the second quarter, man. Blood everywhere. Mortal Kombat 4. Be a, be a lot of forfeitures on that, on that leg. But, so uh, good. Mark, why don't you tell everybody while we're talking about baseball there, what, what are you doing every Sunday night? Oh, so uh, my, my second podcast, my, uh, my less important podcast, on Sunday nights, uh, you can find us on YouTube. It's eternalbaseball.com, and that's my side hustle. Uh, with my lifelong friend, uh, Brevard Time, the guy I've known since I was four years old. And we found some really good simulation software and put together the greatest rosters of all time for every Major League Baseball franchise. And then also resurrected the Montreal Expos and created a team for the Legends of the Negro Leagues, uh, called them the Birmingham Knights. And even uh, with the help of Jay Gonzo, a really good uh, designer friend of mine, put together a cool logo and uh, it's really something. And so we're simulating games between the greatest rosters of all time in a full season with, I mean, it's the reason we fell in love with the sim is you see crazy stuff happen. Uh, balls ricochet off of pitchers uh, and are sometimes caught, sometimes not. Uh, we had a guy get injured diving into the dugout, trying to catch a foul bomb and it doesn't happen too much. Because, you know, if it happens too much, then it's it's a bit of a comedy. But baseball is such a weird sport compared to the, all the other big ones. You can watch baseball for 50 years and see something you've never seen before. And so that's part of the joy of it. And, and just the mix. Like tomorrow uh, in Eternal Baseball, Randy Johnson for the Mariners pitches against Walter Johnson for the Twins, who was the big train of the Washington Senators, actually. And big train versus big unit. Right? Like, it's so cool. Like, we were just looking at, sometimes we'll do an Aces preview, and we've got that tomorrow, plus Masahiro Tanaka against Cy Young as the Red Sox try to hold on to first place in the American League East. Zach Greinke is pitching against Satchel Paige. Right? It's just, if you're a baseball fan, it's absolutely mind-bending, and there's no charge to any of it. Uh, you can find us at eternalbaseball.com. And I mean, we're everywhere. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube. And that uh, Sunday night game of the week is 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And we go through the happenings of the week and then we play a game live. And we always try to play with teams who haven't been on the game of the week before. This week it's Orioles at Angels. Uh, and we're streaky. We, we uh, manage the home team. So we lost the first five games. Then we won the next three. Then we lost the last two, which included the debut of my beloved New York Yankees last week, dropping a tough one to Randy Johnson and the Mariners. Randy Johnson. Man. Dead to me, Weber. I mean, he's even he's been friggin' retired for like 14 years. He's still beating my Yankees. Bye. So, anyways, uh, welcome back to the bro the broadcast, Joe Colton. 
your microphone is off. Sorry about that. Okay. There she is. <laughs> Just... It's mandatory, I think, that you have to speak <sighs> with the microphone muted. Yes. At least once per episode as part of your contract. Yes, but the video part is not, so I don't know no. what's happening. That's new. It's fine. It's fine. It's all good. So uh, that brings us to the end of the news. Do, 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 do. All right. I made that sound when you dropped out. Uh, we we, act, we stalled for time. He didn't. He didn't even get the opportunity. Okay. It's fine. Stalled. It's almost like somebody in your house might be hogging the internet connection. <laughs> Why you got to go and do that? Why you got to go and make make problems? Because I can hear Battlefield Five in the background, or is that Halo? I don't know. It's uh, Star Trek Online. Oh. Oh, uh, so that it's like crank that dork meter up to eleven. Is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Have them play Star Trek One, where there's no fighting or not much actually happens. And <laughs> free up some of that, free up some of that internet. I, yeah, I think you just win the game when you meet the bald lady. Hey, Wes, go find Deeger. The bald lady. Oh my God. <laughs> Shannon O'Connor, right? Or was that Moon Dragon? I don't. Uh, That's just about as far as you can go with ball with the ball gals. I, I can't. Board uh, Queen. I, I can't. I can't watch that movie. I keep falling asleep. But yeah, we're. I was, I was so excited when they when they shot the asteroid in that movie. Throwing the wrist lock under the bus. It's the only way to pin it, man. Otherwise, he no sells everything. It's it's more of a suplex under the bus than anything. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so that rolls us into post-sock. Post-sock. And first letter. We get our shared screen pulled back up here. Sounds painful. We'll try it. There we go. And you already said that. Uh, Mike, Mark, and Joe. I joined the channel last summer in large part because Classified was unleashed onto the world. Congratulations on 10 years, along with the awesome and non-toxic community you all have built. Aww. Speaking of harmony, I have a few questions about every collector's favorite part of toy collecting, the store exclusives. I thought this had to do with harmony. Right. Hey, nice to see you guys. Here's a bomb in the room. Right? <laughs> Just like that. Uh, specifically with Classified, of course, we're talking about Target's special missions, Cobra Island. When it comes to specific items, is it Hasbro or Target who determine which products will be produced as exclusives? I wouldn't think Target knows the difference between a Cobra Viper and an Ice Cream Soldier. So why are they getting specific characters like Baroness, Beachhead, Firefly, and the upcoming Major Blood, let alone Army Builders like Cobra Troopers and Vipers? I've always believed that a store exclusive should be just a variant or repaint, meaning Cobra Island Roadblock is the only one they've got right so far. Uh, finally, do you see a solution that would benefit Hasbro, Target, and all of us? Collectors, for the most part, anyway, as we all know, uh, you'll never please everyone. Thank you. And that's from Joe Self via email. And thanks for and Joe. I'm going to take a stab at this first, and then, Mark, you can correct me with your your, your actual uh, knowledge. We could save time. I'll do it live. Just jump in on you. No, don't do that. <laughs> because that just makes me shout even louder. Hmm. Plus, you got the band hammer. So, okay. And clearly Joe Colton has a headache tonight. So we don't want to we don't want to mess with that. Yeah, she has two headaches. They're called Mike and Mark. <laughs> <laughs> We're right above each side of her brain. 
Yeah, some people have angels and devils on their shoulder. She's got us. Right. So. And and we're heavy. Drink up. <laughs> but anyways, my, my guess is, is that coming into Classified, the retail interest just wasn't there for G.I. Joe. So some of these real premium characters had to be offered up to get it in, get the line into stores, period. Uh, and that means that your A-list guys get put into the general waves, your Duke, Snake Eyes, Cobra Commander, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, some of the lesser characters, your Beachheads, your Fireflies, I guess Baroness is on that list because, you know, women don't sell. Uh, so forth. Uh, they, they get relegated to, to specific, you know, specific retailers. But that's my guess on it, Mark. Maybe you maybe you've got better insight than that. I mean, it's and you know, I always catch everything with you know. I left Hasbro in 2017, so it may have changed since then. But I bet it's not that different. Uh, the exclusives team is actually a different team than the brand team. But you, if done done correctly, they work in sync together very well. And and I completely agree uh, with what Joe says here. You really do want it to be something that won't break a collection if a guy or gal can't get it. And that was always my opinion on exclusives, especially event-type exclusives like San Diego Comic-Con stuff. And a lot of what we did and ended up doing on Transformers is we put together a slightly different, slightly more premium version of the big fall item. That's what we did for Metroplex and gave him a second cannon. Because the second, uh, I mean, you can only call it a hand cannon because he was so big, you could literally hold it as a, like a child's plaything. <laughs> but the, ori the original Metroplex came with two giant red cannons, but they were priced out of what was going to be the retail Metroplex. So we added a second one in for the San Diego Comic Con one and had that available first, added some chrome to the legs. You're not encumbered by price point for an event exclusive. So you can make something. $214 if that's what it needs to be to ticket your um, your benchmarks for it. So anyway, by doing that, though, we're not saying that's the only place you can get Metroplex. It's just the only place you can get this Metroplex. Uh, and it helped amortize that tooling on something big. So that's, what I, that's always been my opinion because it's not that hard to lose a collector. You really only, you know, you're completionists. Once you make something too hard to get, they don't buy less. They stop buying altogether. Right. And they'll find something else to spend the money on because the collecting habit is, you know, I'm not going to go as far as to say addiction, but it's a or lifestyle choice. But if you're the kind of person that collects things, you're probably always going to collect something. And right. as, a, as a toy company, at, at uh, Tops, they call those uh, those kinds of digital collectors and card collectors whales, right? Because they're so big compared to the rest of the community, and a, t a large percentage of their business is fueled by those guys and gals who have no problem dropping forty, fifty thousand dollars a year on collectibles. And you know, if that makes you roll your eyes, well. You know, think about what percentage of your income goes to fuel your hobbies. And if you were a high-priced lawyer or a senator or somebody with a lot more uh, disposable income, 
you would probably be, you know, swimming in those deep waters, collecting lines. So anyway, but I think the idea that roadblock, yeah, that's that's what you kind of want, a repainted version, something that's unique but won't break a collector if they can't get them. And we're all frustrated with how hard it's been to get them. But the what they had to do uh, with the launch of Classified and really bringing G.I. Joe back from the graveyard is they had to have sellouts. They had to have strong customer demand for them. Because if they didn't, then... Because the idea before Joe got relaunched was, well, the brand's just not that hot anymore. It's a dated brand. It may not be relevant. And so they had to prove stores wrong. And really, uh, other than the upside potential of GameStop and uh, and Walgreens and some of the maybe atypical toy locations... There's only in the U.S. Man, there's only two places to play, and that's Walmart and Target. So, as much as it stunk for all of us, um, I'm not sure they could have played it differently. Uh, but I think there is some sting to having the A plus characters put out as store exclusives. Baroness is the one where I would have absolutely drawn the line on that. Right. And nor and unless you have a really dialed in buyer who's specifically a fan or knowledgeable about your brand, they don't know. They don't know. And so you could have told them Zorana was the most amazing thing ever. Uh, or, or, you know, really, really uh, going to hit the collectors uh, right in the heart. And they're going to have to have Zorana. You could have put Zorana on a motorcycle. It's fine. And you know what? Would have sold just as many. Now, right. which is all. Right, all of them. And now, uh, now, if you're trying to maximize the sell, right, Baron, you're going to sell twice as many Baroness as Zoranas if you're trying to hit the high end, right? But if you're going low, which is what they were doing, it's not as important. But I think they may have just been hedging their bets. And you can always come back with a different version. They've already done that with the Cobra Infantry, uh, which, is a, which is a good fix for the community. I think the sadness for me is that Baroness is maybe the best classified figure yet. And it's her best look, the pure ebon black. And it'll still look good in dark blue or if they do a crimson version. And I hope they do more versions of the Baroness. But she never had another look that's half as interesting as the debut. It's not like Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow, where there's three or four different iconic looks for an A-plus character. Baroness only has one, and they kind of wasted it on a store exclusive. The other ones, no offense to Beachhead, um, or Blood, or assuming Blood is an exclusive, um, they're not quite, they don't send cachet. It's not as big of a missed opportunity, and not as much fan angst if they couldn't get those guys, but um, the other the other bit that I think is, is really problematic is giving them troop builders. Now, if they're re-releasing them slightly different where they're easier to get later on, that's okay, but it is such a missed opportunity for what should be the real backbone of this line. If you have, I've said it before, if you are blessed with one army builder that's evergreen and you can keep rolling them out over and over again, if that's Stormtroopers or Borg or whatever, cool. But if you've got, if you're Joe and you've got eight or nine, 
Like that's an unbelievable blessing and you should be maximizing that and you should be using the pulse because they are using it with their Marvel Legends, with their Hydra Troopers, and I think their Hellfire tr uh, Club Troopers, right? That's where you sell a bunch of them bundled together, minimize the, the packaging because people who are armor, army building are more likely to be opening them up. So you put three together, you cut the price a little bit, and you enjoy that profit. That's what they should be doing to help maximize the line and uh, not placate, but respect the collector who wants to spend more money on your stuff. Yep. So, next letter, next post in the post socket. Uh, question for the honcho. So, we'll bow out. Look at me. What's the state of original G.I. Joe collectors of the 12-inch kind? And then the, the helpful tip to feel free to ask Daryl for insight. Uh, some say they just buy one another's collections. Uh, others make amazing customs with Titan Hero 12-inch scale figures. Any other stories or insights on a scale some say does not sell well at retail? How can that be when both Marvel and DC Comics represent that scale so well at the kid category? I think you answered your own question. Mm. Uh, overall thoughts on the 12-inch scale, past or future? That well, I'm, Chris I'm, not, email. I'm not going to snow you. 12-inch was never my thing because uh, my very first Joe was Super Joe, who was you know, eight inches tall or so. Um, and then I was out of it until uh, three and three quarter Joes. And when we were on the Joe team, I mean, Daryl the Priest is Mr. 12-inch G.I. Joe. I mean, you can say he wrote the book on it because he actually did, right? That's that's how he, how he got on Hasbro's radar. He's the guy. And he, would, he was approached at JoeCon regularly about this because... You know, even when three, the three inch quarter, three inch quarter collectors were feeling a little abandoned by Hasbro and and by the brand itself, think about how the twelve inch collectors felt, right? And so people would come up to Daryl, and and they knew he loved the twelve inch show, and they would go, Daryl, when are you going to give us the twelve inch shows back? As though he was uh, the the log jam, right? The guy keeping them from from getting a massive re release, and eventually. He would, you know, if someone pushed hard enough, he would come back pretty strong and said, we gave you 12-inch shows. We gave you really good 12-inch shows that were not overpriced. And you know what? They didn't sell. They sat there. They were readily available, and they were really good, and they did not sell. So no offense to the, to the, the faithful and the guys who've been with it forever, but at mass retail, it just didn't move. And it wasn't overpriced, and it wasn't hard to find. So um, yeah, they were great. They, they really, really were. That last bunch of twelve-inch figures that came out right after—it uh, would have been during Pursuit of Cobra, I think—and uh, they were fantastic. They were just—they were great twelve-inch figures. A great, a great leap, leaping-off point for new fans, and they just sat there. They didn't. And so where they're at with twelve-inch figures right now is the Titan Hero stuff which really launched with Transformers, which was, and I was there when they did it, and the fans hated them. And you do have to be really careful with anything under the Transformers label that does not transform at all. Mm. But they were 12 inch tall, they called them shampoo bottles, and that wasn't, that wasn't inaccurate for what they kind of were. But they were big and they were chunky and they were durable and they were 10 bucks and you could get one for a three or four year old and he would not break it. 
and the fans hated it. And you know what? They sold great. Yeah. And they sell great across all the lines. So that's where that's where the twelve inch uh, the twelve inch scale is right now, at least with Hasbro. And they're cheap to produce and they make a lot of money and it really hits that young demographic. And that's hard to make toys for. So that's that's where you're at. Yep. Joe Colton, anything to add there? No? You doing okay, Joe Colton? All right. All we're right. Just getting, we're getting tired of the Weber questions. What is it, Weber o'clock? Let's go. We got, we got a bunch of honcho stuff in there. I needed to check in, make sure you were still awake. It's honcho clock. <laughs> See what I did there? There we go. Pat, 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 pat pending. Don't get jumpy out there. You should make a t-shirt with that. You can poncho clock. Put it on uh, What's on Joe Mall with the uh, the plug the damn show t-shirt. It's a good idea. Only we time I got my own merch. We don't I'm have here. Of those. I've been here a year, damn it. <laughs> Officially. <laughs> Next letter. Hey, gang. Uh, do any of you enjoy vintage G.I. Joe comics from the 80s that are far off the beaten path from the classic Hama stories? For example, Marvel published G.I. Joe European missions, which rep reprinted UK material, while Blackthorn had a special licensing deal to publish G.I. Joe 3D, an official how-to-draw G.I. Joe. They're kind of interesting in a wacky way, but not worth spending a lot of money on. Uh, is that even a choice? And that's from Brad Glynn via email. Uh, I don't know if you have a choice to spend to to not spend a lot of money on GI Joe right now. Everything in our in our wonderful hobby is just exploding in regards to cost. But I do. I actually have a number of the UK comics themselves, not not the reprints, but from the UK. Uh, when I lived in Kansas City several years ago, I happened upon a collection of them, and uh, you know, j just to be in the the furthest place I have lived from the UK, that's where I found a big collection of UK comics. Um, and they they are neat. They focus on a bunch of characters that Larry never got to in the US books. There's a lot of Footloose in those books. Um, a lot of low light in those books. Uh, because they were characters that just didn't get a lot of play in the US comic. And, and they are fun. Um, they are very, very British. Uh, so the sensibilities are a little little off, uh, but but they are neat. I, I, I'm, you know, if you, if you happen across some of them, if you're able to find some of those, the, the reprints, uh, the European missions, or whatever, by all means, pick them up. Uh, they they are they are neat. Joe, you got any of those? Sorry, guys, I just got an email. It's okay. Uh. Mark Weber, you got any of those? I, you know, I think I have. Uh, I think I have all of those. Maybe not the official how to draw, um, but I have the Jajo 3D and I have the European mission. So, but I don't have the originals like you do. I have the the reprinted Marvel versions of it. But and yeah, anytime they can dig into something that that didn't get explored. There's so many Joes and so many vehicles. And Larry did a great job getting as many involved involved as possible but you know if you love a guy like interrogator maybe he never got that much play and sometimes you can find uh you know the expand the expansion of a character that larry did not focus on and that's that's a great place to do it yeah they were neat so 
Uh, thank you for checking in with us on that one, Brad. That is the end of Post Sock. Which brings us to our next segment, which is what everybody's here been uh, has been waiting for. We got to give away some GI Joes. Oh, now we're talking. So just, I'll take one. Just to remind everybody what we're what we're giving away tonight. These are these are figures that none of us even own ourselves as of yet. Uh, but it's Flint Lady J from the Classified line. They look good. And somebody's going to get these for nothing. They look good next to each other. They could be a couple. Yeah, you know? Something to that, I think. Just saying. There's something to that. Let me uh, let me get this out of here. And get the other screen in there. Mark Weber, did you have to fight uh, did you have to fight anybody for the UK variants? Uh no, I think I think I just got them over over time. You know, eBay is such a wonderful thing. So no uh no Tim, uh, <laughs> Tim Roberts. No Tim Roberts. I couldn't get I, your name. Get your name out of his his name out of your mouth. Right. Make him get all of us. Go <laughs> go through both of you to find me. Right. That'll that'll be the next angry email I get. Tim Roberts. <laughs> he missed the whole uh, high jump pit. Landed on his back on the grass, and I was the. <laughs> First responder. Tim, are you all right? This Screw is you. so insane. Screw you, Weber. <laughs> okay. So here's here's the big wheel. We got a good number of entrants this time. 30 some odd entrants. We got some some phony uh spin again categories as well. We got big league chew, uh, which I don't know if I've got handy. Um we've got Joe takes a drink, we've got free spin. Uh, we've got a couple. Joe takes a drink. Is Sean uh, Roussel banned? We got Sean Roussel is banned. Uh, we got uh, lose a turn. We got bankrupt, just like uh, Wheel of Fortune would have. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to. We've got everything in there. I am going to give the categories a shuffle. There we go. There's a shuffle. And uh, Mark Weber, give me a drum roll. And we're away. Oh, we're slowing down. There's our winner. Dustin McCoy. Dustin McCoy is our winner. He will get the the Flint and the Lady J. So, yes, courtesy of our good friends at Kokomo Toys. Uh, let's all sing the theme song together. Kokomo, 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 Kokomo Toys, Kokomo, 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 Kokomo Toys. So, Dustin McCoy, uh, give us an email over at uh, what's on Joe Mind at gmail.com and we will get these out to you post haste. I got a question on the wheel, though. Yes. How do we have Phil Donnelly and Biff McConkie Donk on the same wheel? It's like having Batman and. Bruce Wayne. Let me uh, let me screen cap this real quick. Just oh for... wait, no, that's bearded movie collector. I'm sorry, I take it all back. Ancho, why are you trying to cause problems? I'm just saying we got a lot of mix here. Yes, McMullen, Dustin McCoy, Biff McConkie dog. I, originally, I did have him on the wheel as Biff McConkie dog, but I decided, you know what? He 
he he's his actual YouTube name is Philip Donnelly, so I should at least have his real name on there for gonna Philip, do, right? Do he's things that are legally binding, like a giveaway or a contest. So I figured it doesn't go it doesn't go by Phil. It's Philip. Whatever. You cut his lip off. Look, man. Uh, it, it, you, you call him Phil. He ain't gonna be late for lunch. I suppose that's true. I mean, I, I think I call him Phil all the time. Well, I'm, I'm not just saying. Him, but I'm not calling him Pete. Some guys are tough on that, right? I called a, a friend of mine named Nathan. I called him Nate once, and he got all high beam on me. Okay, sorry. Apologize, Michael. Joseph. Any, anything Joe's is, uh, I just let Dustin know he won. Why isn't Dustin here himself? Man. Maybe we should spin again. We didn't have to give them both. Just saying. Yeah, I know. We can't go changing the rules. How are you going to split up Lady J and Flint? Come on. Uh, not easily. Not well. Flint's not leaving Lady J, unless yeah. it's for Swimsuit Baroness. Well. In the Games Master. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was something. Yes, it was. <laughs> that is the episode of a thousand memes. That's the variant they should have sent to Target. There you go. Uh, you know what? No, that's that's probably for the best that they didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't need. I'm in too many groups and would see too many customs, and that, <laughs> none of that would end well. Uh, so that brings us to viewer questions. If anybody out in our live viewership has a question uh, that is quick and easy to to answer, then by all means hit us. Uh, we'll be happy to take one or two of them. Before we roll on into the rest of our evening. But in the meantime, uh, why don't we get into. Oh, boo. Boo, Christopher Kelly. Devil's Due Publishing split up Flint and Lady J. <laughs> boo. Not canon. Boo. Not canon. Boo, it's been erased, yeah. Boo. I don't mind that either because Devil's Due killed Flash too. So I'm. I'm he had a good out though, man. That was a good out. He did. He did. I mean, if you if you gotta go, that's the way to go. But still, it was dumb because then they they didn't even recognize that he was dead when they showed the the memorial trophy or the memorial statue. The like, trophy. It wasn't on it. it was you died. Ta -da -da -da. Yay! Achievement unlocked. Little statue with a bowler on it, just like we gave to James Cavanaugh. But uh, <laughs> uh, seeing no questions, why don't we go ahead and just roll into what we got in? We haven't done what we got in for. Oh, oh wait, wait. There's one. There's one question here. They gone hit us right as I went into right as I went into wrap up. There's one thing you could change about the Joe community. What would it be? Uh, if there's one thing I could change, um. Wow, uh, there's a lot of negativity around, and I think I would change that, but I think having more product on the shelves would change that for us. So that's that's more of an easier fix than than that. What I what I would change most of all is that we would quit charging one another an arm and a leg for everything. G.I. Joe. Good lord. Oh, just I mean, you can't collect vintage anymore, hardly, because it's all just exploded in the last two, three years. And we're not we're not talking like a normal appreciation of value. We're talking figures that three years ago I was paying thirteen to fifteen dollars for are now fifty to sixty dollars. 
and that that's not normal appreciation, right? That, that just, oof, that's brutal. Joe Caldwell, with the one thing you'd change me. I I would, if I could get rid of the scalpers, that would be great. So, so you're in the boat with me, in other words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. No, Some no, of I, the figures that I would pay like thirty to fifty are like now a hundred to like two, like four. just insane. You know, I think I think Joe got her October guard together right on time. Just yeah. Right. Yeah. I would be crying, and Wes would have killed me. Yeah. Now it would be like, hey, Joe, how, you got your October Guard finished? Yes. Cool. Do you miss the kidney? No, not so much. <laughs> well, I'm no. good. I got, I got a backup. No. How do, do how you want to keep all of that collection when you're living under the bridge like that? Yeah. Good. Uh, Mark Weber, what's the one thing you would change? Well, if I could change one thing about G.I. Joe, it would be, well, that's kind of selfish, I suppose, right? Yeah, go for um, it. Uh, just I know a guy. I know a guy who could help. Let's leave it at that. That's true. We all know a guy who could help. If we if we knew a way to kick a door open and get you in there. I'm just here to help. <laughs> hey. Who knows? Stranger things have happened, right? Uh Christopher Kelly asked, because he because he made his boo before, I'll get his question in there now. Do you think we will ever see an official Joe convention again? Uh, my answer would be not anytime soon. Uh, I think Hasbro is really intent on pushing Hasbro right now and not necessarily individual brands to that degree. So I, I think we're more likely to see a Hascon again before we saw a JoeCon again. Uh, Joe, what do you think? I'd, I'd love to see a JoeCon again. I don't know. I enjoyed it, even with like the, the awful registration and all that crap. It was like the waiting in line, having like Longport come around with drinks, like seeing everybody that first night, picking up your package, the bar scene. I don't know. It's the people. Mark Weber. I, I, I'm more optimistic maybe, maybe than you are, Mike. I think because it hasn't been a critical brand for Hasbro in a long time, I could see them saying, you know what, what's it going to hurt, right? If it was, if Joe was where I want it to be and where I think it should be and was rolling as a juggernaut, then I think they'd be more protective of it. Okay. But I think until I see, uh, and maybe they've got it, but I think we would have heard about it. If there was some kind of entertainment rolling out of the movie, because God knows they've had long enough time to get it ready, then I don't believe they full, are fully vested in Joe as a brand. But well, because I don't think they're fully vested, uh, I think they're more likely to say, you know what, if we find the right people, then maybe, maybe we would uh, we you, spin it off. You don't think that with the movie and then San Diego Comic-Con doing their convention I guess November, so it's a little late. You don't think they would have something there because it's after the movie, granted, yeah. but. I would hope so. Uh, I just think we would have heard some kind of rumbling about it right now if they had something else planned. And the movie's been. It's in Thanksgiving. Too. Yeah, I just. Comic Con is, yeah. And yeah, but I, Hasbro has might, a presence at Comic Con, sure. But yeah, and they not, might even have 
something cool for Joe and a cool exclusive, mm -hmm. but but I don't think there will be a reveal about what's coming next, okay. right? Because yeah. if they were plant if they really believed this was the the relaunch of a critically important franchise, they would have had some kind of entertainment lined up to draft after the movie. And even if that was just webisodes or something, uh, Hasbro created content. I mean, they've got the studios to do it, right? Mm. So, it, you know, that's how you can tell if a franchise really has legs is do they expect it to, is the movie a kickoff, right? Or is the movie just a spike? And I think from everything, everything we've seen or not seen, this movie is just a spike. So the hope is... Or they're so good at keeping secrets that it's almost unprecedented. Right, and that'd be fantastic. I mean, that would be perfect, but it's rare for anybody. That's not even a Hasbro thing. To, it's just so hard to keep everything quiet. But if the movie is just a spike, I think our, our best hope can be that it's really good and that it does resonate and that people love it and that it leads to more of a, a groundswell of we gotta have more what's what else can we get because another feature film would be a couple let's say snake eyes origin is fantastic and does huge business well another movie is at least two years away so how are you going to keep that momentum without right. some other kind of entertainment in the interim and not not to discount the comic books because i love the comics and i'm a comic book fan always have been but that's not mainstream how do they provide mainstream entertainment that keeps this brand in front of fans and more importantly in front of kids that's the real question if they want to launch it and make it big so while we're talking to cons we'll get one last quick one in here from dave stroh anyone going to joe fest or too soon um joe colton you go to cons yeah i uh i think it I think it's too soon for for it. Just the first one I will I will probably go to is either Star Trek Las Vegas, which is when or um it's a in August. Okay. So give it several more months. Um, or like I don't know next year. We'll see. It it depends on the where we're at, it depends on number of people vaccinated and it depends on the the measures and depends on how cons are approaching. So if they say like, you have to wear your mask or prove that you are vaccinated and have a wristband or whatever, great. Um, if they say you have to wear a mask and then they don't, then not really trustworthy, but that's just me. Mark Weber. Yeah, I'll go. Why not? Mm, I know the, it's a, for the record, you are fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. Um, currently working from home, uh, and we'll be super careful. But I've been—I mean, nobody's been to a convention in a long time. But yeah, uh, for me, because of my situation, I think I can make it work. So, and I've never been to do a Joe Fest. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to do an about face here, too. I know this question came up back in the wintertime, and I was like, uh, no, absolutely not, no way. And I am I have to come off of that now because if you're fully vaccinated, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to go to Joe Fest. Um, 
you know, obviously if there's a situation where you're, you're high risk or you've gotten one shot or, or, you know, you know, your own medical history better than anybody else does. So don't be dumb for in the, in the name of a, of a, of a GI Joe convention. But if you're reasonably healthy and you've taken the proper precautions, go bring a mask uh, in case it gets super crowded and you should be all right. I, I would say if, if that's uh, that's what you're planning to do, just make sure you got two shots on the books, and I think you won't have any real problems. Keep your distance. Wear a mask. Isn't we aren't out of this, um, yeah. but we're making progress. Yeah. So, we're at a point where 20% of everybody has received two shots. Over 50% has started the vaccination process and has one shot. Um, so I, I think. We're, we're certainly closer to the end of this than we were to the beginning of it because Joe Fest is, what, middle of June. That's still another six weeks from now. So those numbers are going to tilt even more in a positive direction since then. So I would say, yeah, if you got if you got two shots on the books, go to Joe Fest. And I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating or telling anybody what they should do. But for my situation, it works for me. So yeah. I'll go there, but I'll be incredibly safe like i i was in oregon in february to visit my mom and flew out in a hazmat suit and eight masks and god bless the uh the flight attendant who handed me peanuts right or pretzels like oh yeah i'm gonna rip all this off in the middle of the plane to eat some pretzels but uh i'll be safe i'll be fine sean russo reminds us those starfleet doctors would have cured covid by that time joe so uh Good that he got that comment in there before we bed. Hey, they're all about science. Don't you dare. <laughs> not banning Starfleet. Damn it, Jim. But uh, that, that's the end of that. Let's let's roll into what we got in. Uh, we haven't done what we got in in like a month. There's been so much going on. We had an anniversary show, and now it's Arbor Day, and, and we're, we'll make some time for it. Uh, Joe Cold, what'd you get in recently? Got some gardening books. No, I had those. The only thing I got is I didn't get any toys. I did get a rose in and I did get plumbing fixed. <laughs> we had a leak in a shower with a crack in the ceiling. So I had to fit. We had to fix that first. So kind of priority. Yeah. This is stressful. So you got a rose in to turn into many roses or you just got a rose because uh, I got a rose. It's called the, uh, the old Wallerton. Um, it is a rose that, um, is a climbing rose and it grows 10 to 12 feet. So nice. Mark Weber, what'd you get in? Uh, I only dropped coin on something on one thing and it was expensive. Uh, June 2nd for the first time is going to be ALS awareness day in major league baseball. So I hustled off. Correct. Uh, yeah, and it's, you know, obviously it's Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, one of my favorite players of all time. And so I dropped coin on a pair of tickets to Yankee Stadium. So uh, my son and I are going to roll out to New York and and take part in that. Or we were going to until they restricted seating more than they anticipated and they canceled my tickets. So, so basically Yankee Stadium uh, turned into Target on you. Basically, yeah. No one wants my money. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, you can send me your money. It was, I was, you know, it was actually kind of steep for pretty weak seats. 
as Yankee Stadium kind of, that's yeah. sort of how it works. And so when they canceled it, my wife thought I was just going to be absolutely furious, right? Because I'm a big Gary. I was like, I got a Gary jersey. It's a big deal. First one. And when they actually got the cancellation email, I thought, well, that's a lot of money coming back. So, okay. We'll watch it on TV. The Iron Horse is one of my classic favorites as well. I mean, he's the guy, right? He's, he, you know, he was always, he was such a bridesmaid in his career, which is ridiculous because he's one of the 20 best for sure of all time. But yeah. Yeah. it was yeah. always, always about Ruth. He hit four homers once, one of only a handful of players to do that. It was the day John McGraw of the Giants, their longtime manager, retired out of nowhere. So, it was McGraw retires, and then under the fold, Gary gets four homers. Like, I mean, Babe Ruth hit in front of him, right? Yeah. How many home runs? And he still found a way to drive in 184 runs in a 154-game season. Yeah. That's he, ridiculous. He's the guy. And if you don't know the, the in, really the inside baseball of it, when they, when they gave the Yankees numbers to wear on their jerseys, they assigned them based on where they were in the batting order. And that's why Ruth wore three and Garrett wore four. So, anyway. It's all good times. Good stuff. And if you want to see Lou Gehrig play every day, because that's what he does, check out eternalbaseball.com. You don't Pretty bench cool. Lou Gehrig. Hard to bench Lou Gehrig. Once in a while, he DHs, and Matt Inman plays first. Once Fair in a while. Fair enough. Uh, I haven't gotten a ton, but because we haven't done this in a few weeks, it's going to seem like I went out and blew a whole lot of cash. Uh, we saw it in the, the mail a while back, but I, I got my, my welcome to Cobra Island LP from, from word burglar. It's signed down at the bottom there. Enjoy spinning around the Island. Nice. From the word burglar. So thank you to Berg. Uh, we'll be giving that a listen probably tomorrow. Uh, from G.I. Joe artist Brian Shearer, it's the first book of Gunship Thunderpunch. Uh, the touching story of, of a woman trying to find her son with the help of a transforming robot spacecraft. Robot. Gotta love the robots. Um, went and, and uh, the day I got my shot, I went and bought myself another robot. I got the, the Transformers 86 cup. That's a good take. Because 86 cup is the best cup. So if I were to knock on that, it would legitimately be a cup check? It would be a cup check. Okay. Uh, and then earlier today in in the Walmart, I was uh, just cruising through, picking up medications because I'm old. And I got myself a Marvel Legends Frogman, and he's been sitting here in front of me the entire night. And uh, this he's, he's everything I could have hoped he was. Did he come with a whole bunch of weapons? No, he, he did come with two sets of hands. And he came with Stiltman's right arm and laser pistol, and he can kind of hold the laser pistol. You know what? You can sell that right arm on eBay and make back half of your purchase. I, I don't think the right arm is going for a ton of money. If I had a pair of legs, man, I'd be on easy street. I'd be, yeah, I'd be buying a retirement house down in the Poconos is what I'd be doing. But, yeah, it's it's all about all about chubby little frogman. Does he have eyes, human eyes in the mouth? He does. There's human eyes in the mouth. You can't really... I'll, I'll try to, you can kind That's of. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. All right, fine. Yeah. Joe Self asks, is that the new classified Cobra eel? If we're lucky, it is. Right. It's a start. Because that's share, what, do, share dueling. That's what everybody needs is the fat guy in a wetsuit. 
Uh, so yeah, there's there's that, and and that's that's what I got in recently. So it's been it's been a a world of tiny purchases all all coming together in my collection. But uh, that that's it for that. Uh, shout out, Joe Colton. Who are we shouting out to today? To... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess whoever whoever is on the other end of your email is not getting a shout out. No, 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 no. Um, I'm going to shout out to William. Um, um, he's, uh, an amazing little brother who is ridiculous at times, but it's okay. He's going to give me a heart attack or a hernia or an ulcer, but it's fine. I'll kill him later. Uh, my, my husband, uh, who has been really supportive and I've been changing our, our schedule a lot lately, so it's driving him nuts. And he yeah. has agreed he to only, do it. He ain't the only one getting driven nuts by your schedule. <laughs> so tell the wristlock West Whitlock we're in the boat with him. Whatever. Right. You, don't, you don't live here. Yeah, we started at nine o'clock hey. today, folks. She showed up at eight fifty-eight and change. We live there from nine p.m. to ten p.m. every Friday night. So let's not minimize that. That's 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 true. Yeah, we're but it's worse. Week. It's worse during the week. I guess that's true. Look, we feel bad for the wrist lock, but I'm just saying we we know the well he's drinking from. So you you give him our regards. Is it a well or a box? It's just a box. Like, it's a box. Um, he's actually agreed to to uh, give me a front lawn garden. So yeah, nice. Keep everybody busy. That'll keep keep you off the off the wanted posters and the police blotters. I guess I guess I, I might need that. <laughs> so um and then my mom and dad I got to spend uh three hours with my mom on video from seven to ten on my day off um on Wednesday. So I took a mental health day on Wednesday. Which is very important. So absolutely. Yeah. And you called your mom at 7 a.m.? Yeah, we had breakfast together. Like, I mean, Mark, she, she's in her 70s. She's up. She's, yeah, she's up. They're, that's, like they're, middle, they go. that's middle of the night Canada time, though, right? Is that how it works? No, they're up. My dad wakes up at like 5. She's 70-something years old. She's in bed by 7. She's up by 4. She's good. Yeah, nah. I'm, in bed, I'm in bed by 8, except on Fridays and Sunday. How insane. Uh, uh, shout out to Say what? Who are we shouting after? Oh, uh, you know what? One of my one of my oldest friends, a goalie on my soccer team in high school, Jimmy Underhill, uh, lived in Rhode Island. And when I actually had the interview for the Hasbro job, which was a stealth thing, because I was still working at McFarland Toys, I gave him a shout out. I'm like, look, I'm gonna be in Rhode Island, which is weird because I lived in Arizona. Uh, I said, hey, it's just a connecting flight, but I'm gonna be there for like an hour and a half at the airport if you can make it swing and jimmy's the kind of guy who was like webb i will be there you know uh, how often do we, we don't get a lot of visitors in Rhode island uh coming from oregon and arizona and so sure enough he was and so i did my hasbro interview and then came to the airport a little early to snow that i was laying over and then just chatted him up it was like no time has passed it's one of the, you know, some of the best friends in your life 
are the guys and gals that you don't see for ages. And when you finally reconnect, they're exactly the same person, right? There's something to be said for personal growth. And then there's something to be said for just being the same guy or gal that you that you became friends with in the first place. And Jimmy's just like that. So Jimmy's one of, one of my oldest friends, one of my closest friends. And he just moved rather suddenly to Arizona. So it's kind of cool to say, you know what, I don't. I don't have a lot of ties to Rhode Island, but my high school goalie is here. And given that I play defense, we were always simpatico, right? So my uh, my uh, pal, my goalie, Jimmy Underhill, is now in Arizona, roasting and getting sunburned. So good luck with Arizona, Jim. But uh, it was good to spend some time with you out here in Rhode Island, and uh, and we will always be uh, be tight. Aww. I love defense on soccer, man. Oh, let me tell you. I was a slide tackling machine as a as a little dude. My I was God. Back I was, island. And now that I and now that I'm coaching a little bit, I get to pass on some of that knowledge, some of those pearls. Like, you know what? That guy's fast, but no one's fast on the ground. <laughs> so good. Today I was teaching Derek how to when a guy uh, turns his back on you to chest trap a throw in, that you can bump him in the low back right as it's coming in. And there ain't nothing illegal about that. And it doesn't take much of a bump to completely throw off that track. So I feel like I'm I'm giving back to the youth of America. That's right. By teaching them how to be borderline dirty soccer players. Yeah, I, uh, I used to uh growing up on, on Long Island, we lived down the block from a from a Greek guy who who coached youth league soccer. He was more of a middle school level. And so I was just this little kid, and he saw that I played soccer every weekend. And he, when when we were loading up the car to go go to games, he'd always come over and just kind of, when when you when you what do you play? You know, defense. Well, when when you're running next to somebody, make sure you you give them a lot of elbows, but you give them low. Don't ever go high with the elbow. Go low with the elbow. And so this this little Greek guy who lived down the block used to give me these underhanded kind of tips. So I was a much better. I was a much better soccer player than maybe anything else. Right. <laughs> because I I knew how to be a little shady on the soccer pitch. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of gray area in soccer. So No. And then then I was a I, I was the best goalie in the league the last year I played, and our team went 0 and 10. That was a long year. That was a rough year. I back we lost a ton of one nothing games. Our senior year, uh, the backup goalie didn't go out for the team because he knew Jimmy was going to play all game, every game. And it was like, I'm not riding the bench all year. Because Chris, the backup, was good, but Jimmy was outstanding. So they trained me to be the backup goalie. And then Jimmy's, uh, I was the victory cigar. Because if they got up enough, they would sub me into goal and let Jimmy go play forward. Because he was a good enough player to score goals. Let him go straight legs. So they would put me in, and the rest of the defense knew that the level of talent and goal just dropped by about 80%. Significantly. And the beauty of that was they all played with their hair on fire at that point. Now, I only got in goal if we were killing a team, right? So it was already an overmatched opponent. But the defense went, I'll be damned if we're going to give up a softie because Weber's in goal. And so by the end of the year, Jimmy is the all-state goalie. But I actually have a lower goals against average <laughs> because I only played a little bit and only against dominated teams. <laughs> and our defense went, well, 
we can't even let him get a shot off because Weber will probably screw it up back. <laughs> so Jimmy's like, I'm like, Jim, you give up like 1.04 goals a game. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so, you know, like on average, one goal a game goes into yeah. your net. Weber's given up the goose egg. Yeah. And, and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, what's it like to have to pull a goal out of your own net? That must suck. Because I was a, a whole year, baby, whole year in bits and drips. <laughs> yeah, nope. Chris Kelly's probably making an accurate statement here. Joe looks like she loves the sports talk. You're talking about the Greek guy. I was. I, I mean, I thought so. I, she, for all we know, he's related to Joe. And you know what? I don't. Blame I, don't child. I don't blame people's eyes for glazing over when someone goes all high school sports glory days. So. I, I, look, man, I moved from. I moved from Long Island. I was 13 years old, so we're not even going high school. Okay. <laughs> I can throw that speedball. I can throw that speedball by you. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, my shout outs. Uh, first, the fine folks at Tito's Vodka. That's what I'm talking about. That's a smooth drinking vodka. Um, also, give a shout out to our sponsor at Kokomo Toys. Uh, thank you so much for. for Providing us with the prize that we will be giving away to to Dustin McCoy when he gets us his mail and address. Uh, Want to give a shout out to Racktime Rob, the unheralded but way important fourth man of the What's on Joe Mind team. Oli, Oli the Rock Anderson. That's correct. Uh, give a shout out to my co-hosts Joe Colton and Mark Weber. Golf clap. Yeah. If you're not golf clapping at home, believe oh. me, I know, and you're bad. Sean. Sean Roussel. And, um, yeah, see, Diana Davis has soccer stories. My sister was a brutal goalie. She would slide tackle girls getting ready to shoot. Hey, that's one of the first things I teach goalies is if it's one-on-one, -on -one, come out. Because if you stay back and let them just score on you, you look like you didn't try. If you're sport one, New York Red Bulls or New York City, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to guess MLS, in which case, eh. Yeah, Portland, Portland Timbers. Portland Timbers. Oh. They they cut the little, they cut the little strip of the tree down every time wow. somebody scores. They like the guy who kicks the goal runs around with a piece of wood for half a minute. That that's yeah. awesome. So yes, yeah, Portland Timbers is legit. Ain't nothing wrong with getting wood on national television. That's right, baby. That's right. Um, give a shout out to to. <laughs> oh God, it's all hitting the fan at the Joe Colton house. <laughs> Give a shout out to the wrist lock because I know he's nearby. He is. He's That's going right. to bed. All right. Uh, give a shout out to to all of our folks in the live chat tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we see most of you every Friday. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, give a shout out to everybody who's watching this on recording because we couldn't do it without you either. Uh, and I ask everybody who's who's viewing our our video tonight, please like our video. Uh, subscribe to our channel, leave a comment, not just a live live stream comment, leave an actual comment down below. That's what gets us into the algorithm. And of course, uh, share our video wherever you talk G.I. Joe with your friends. Get it into your social circles on Facebook and Twitter. It doesn't mean much when I do it, but it means a lot when you guys do it. Uh, and again, that's, that's the algorithm of all that social media. Yeah, so believe me, it's it's funny how I stopped promoting us on Facebook from the What's on Joe Mind account, and our 
viewership actually grew. Mm -hmm. I stopped cross promoting when I just put the post in our in our page. Yeah, um, more people got it than when I spread it to twenty different pages. What kind of sense does that make, Facebook? You, you suck, Facebook. You there's some, there's some dark magic going on on Facebook. Mm. Mm. As uh, as Torpedo Mike likes to say here, drop a like, leave a comment, plug the damn show. It's a triple threat. Do all three. Give an extra shout out to Torpedo Mike for that. One. Doing our work for us. Doing the maybe work he, Joe Colton refuses to do. Maybe he can hang out with Frogman. Who knows? Maybe. Frogman will have to be the one that swims out to see him. Uh also, if you look down below, you can see our, our coffee accounts. Uh, that's one for What's on Joe Mind and one for Joe Colton Cosplay. If you want to support us in our endeavors, have a few dollars and can make our products better, uh, you can you can join up with us there. We have had a, a pretty good response uh, from a number of folks. Uh, Sean Russell, for all we tease him, uh, Sean Russell has donated a, a good chunk of change, and he needs to stop for a little bit, dude. You're going to make us feel guilty. Um, we appreciate it, but... It won't keep you from getting banned. Right. We have too much integrity for that. It won't. It, we cannot be bought. Uh, so just just, just chill for a little bit. We, we get you, man. We, we appreciate it wholeheartedly. I cannot I cannot thank you enough uh, except to ban you. Right. And support, <laughs> support the Joe Colton cosplay because those rivets aren't free. Right. Oh, the my labor God. to punch all 195 of them in is at no charge. But the rivets themselves... I mean, they'll grow on trees. If they did, they'd be perennial. <laughs> That's about it for what's on. <laughs> Happy Arbor Day, everybody. Uh, we're off to a flying start in decade number two. Uh, thanks yes. for joining us. Uh, have a great evening, and uh, be sure to join us next Friday at 9 p.m. for another episode of What's on Joe Mind. Hit the button, Mark Weber. Yo, Joe. Hi guys! Right there! In your face! What?